Welcome to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. On this show, we discuss topics relating to the exterior building envelope, such as waterproofing, glazing, cladding, roofing, and more. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. For previous episodes, show notes, and bonus video content, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com. Now, here's your host for the Everything Building Envelope podcast, Paul Beers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. We have a very interesting show today that I'm excited about, and our guest is James LaGreca with DSS Condo. Welcome, James. Thank you. Good to be here. Yep. And I just want to tell everybody before we get into this, remind them that we have the Everything Building Envelope newsletter. And if anybody's interested in receiving that, they need to text the word building envelope, all one word, building envelope, to 22828. So again, text building envelope to 22828. We'll put you on the list. It's a really interesting newsletter. It's got some technical articles and other general interests related to the building envelope. So anyway, James, you're you're with DSS Condo, and our, our firms have worked together on some projects already. In fact, quite a few, I think. Right, that's correct. We thought it'd be really interesting for the audience to hear. It's different than a lot of the stuff that we talk about. You know, a lot of times we're focused on new construction, things like that. Mm-hmm. Here we're you know we're, we're working on existing buildings, and you know a lot of times they're 40 years old or older. So right. I thought that'd be pretty interesting to talk about. But before we get into that, could you please just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, I've been involved in the construction industries since I was a child. I actually started out in the roofing and siding business, working for my father. He was uh, a roofer and sider, which, and eventually he got into general contracting. At that point in time, we got involved basically with all aspects of the construction trade. And I did that throughout my early years. And when I was about 33 years old, I decided to go back to school for architecture. I studied architecture and I got my master's degree in in architecture. And shortly thereafter, I started working with DSS, Development Service Solutions. In addition to that, I actually wound up getting a teaching position at the university where I studied, FIU. And I actually teach uh, structural systems and design for architecture students. And we cover steel, wood, and reinforced concrete. And then throughout the last few years, I've also managed to become certified in post-tension cable repair. Thought that would be pretty helpful considering all the work that we do. We do a lot of plaza deck repair, and we know that there's quite a few buildings out there that use post-tension cable systems, so that was helpful as well. And I've been working with DSS for about three years now. So it's been quite the experience. The work that we get involved in is never the same, so it definitely keeps things interesting. I learn new stuff every day. It's been a fantastic ride. Some of the most interesting projects that we work on are with DSS. You know, as you say, you got to put your thinking cap on because you're never oh, yeah. going to do the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. And we really enjoy working with DSS and working on the projects. Can you 
tell the listeners more about DSS and, and DSS Condo? Yes, absolutely. DSS Condo is actually a subdivision of DSS, which stands for Development Service Solutions. Development Service Solutions was founded by Donald Kipnis. Donald Kipnis has been in the construction industry down here in Miami for probably the last 35 years. He is a construction guru, and his knowledge and experience has enabled him to create this company which helps clients manage the construction project from beginning to end. So basically, we're owners representative construction managers. And as I said, we help the client manage the entire construction process. DSS Condo in particular, however, caters strictly to condominium associations, where DSS caters to commercial. DSS Condo, what we do is we help that as the associations navigate through the lengthy and daunting process associated with any large-scale construction project. We take them through the design process, the permit process, bid solicitation, contract negotiations, construction management from beginning to end. And we make sure that the project stays on schedule and within budget. That is our main goal. How does DSS add value to the process for a condo association? I mean, why can't they just use an architect or an engineer to do all this? Well, typically, architects and engineers, first and foremost, they're not construction managers. They are architects and engineers. And architects will design how they see fit, what their vision is. And while they might take input from the clients, more often than not, they do not design to budget. Engineers pretty much do the same thing. They'll engineer things to make sure that it is being engineered to the point where... Where they won't get sued. <laughs> basically, yes. Where they, Sometimes they have a tendency to overcompensate. And what we do is we thoroughly review the design, whether it's a design generated from an architect or a design generated from an engineer. We'll review that. We'll question it. We always question it. We question everything. And more often than not, we find ways to tackle the project that are more cost effective and can be done quicker. So that the, the main benefit of what we do, in addition to that, I mean, of course, we manage the entire project from conception to completion. We track everything that comes along with the construction project, and we manage all the key players in the project, architects, engineers, contractors, suppliers, subcontractors, so on and so forth. And we have the, the, the client's best interest in mind. So basically, we handle everything on behalf of the association or the client in general so that they don't have anything to worry about. We collaborated and worked with, with DSS on a project in Coconut Grove a couple of years ago. There was a major 40-year recertification. It involved concrete remediation, redoing big-time plaza decks that were over parking garage, 
We replaced windows. We restored handrails. We, we did a lot of stuff. And I have to say, it was brilliant the way Donald brought everything together. And, you know, they were way over budget. They had an engineering firm originally involved with it that put together this budget that was just not realistic. And Donald came in and kind of sliced it and diced it, broke it all up into parts and pieces, and then brought in a team of, of contractors or subcontractors to basically accomplish the same thing in a much more efficient way. And our firm was involved in helping with that re-engineer it. And, and that re-engineering brought them within the budget. And then we had a full-time inspector on the project for which, which lasted over a year. And it was a very successful end result. The customer financially was within their budget and they were happy and technically everything was done to a very high level of quality and level of care. And it was really a great experience for something that was quite frankly off the rails when, when DSS and Donald got involved with it. Right. And as a matter of fact, there was so much money left over in the budget that the association actually was able to take that money and apply it to changing all the windows, the corner windows on the building. And that's really adding value, obviously. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was a great success story. Yeah, so that was a building called building recertification. You know, it was the impetus for getting that started was this requirement for a 40-year recertification. Can you kind of talk about what that requirement is? Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, basically, it's a two-part inspection that caters to structural and electrical components of the building, and it's imposed by the Florida Building Code. It states that all buildings 40 years of age must undergo an electrical and structural inspection by a licensed architect or engineer. This must take place in order to be recertified by the building department. Uh, subsequent to that first recertification, the building is also required to obtain a, an additional recertification every 10 years thereafter. So this process is, again, imposed by the Florida Building Code and it's ultimately the owner's responsibility to make sure that when their building is approaching that age of 40 years, that they have to get this process started. So when you say it's, there's a structural portion and an electrical portion, what exactly is looked at with regards to those two big subcategories? Okay, well, for the structural portion, the structural engineer uh, who is going to be inspecting the structural components of the building, they'll take a look at everything structurally related. And they'll go through, they'll inspect the foundations, the floor systems, the framing systems, whether it's steel, concrete, wood, what have you. They'll look at the masonry walls, the roof systems, balconies, windows, etc. And they'll, they'll basically write a report which states the current condition of those structural elements and if they are in need of repair then they will write a report which will dictate the repairs needed as far as the electrical is concerned they'll look at the electrical service the circuits the conduits see lighting and generators 
and fire alarm and smoke detectors, uh, meter, electrical and mechanical rooms, electrical panels, etc. The electrical engineer will cover all that. So does this have to be started on the 40th birthday of the building or does it have to be something that they need to look ahead and have it completed by then? How does that work? Well, it, it's actually supposed to take place 40 years after the building received its certificate of occupancy when it was originally built. So that is when it's supposed to take place. Could you do it? A little bit before that absolutely and it's actually recommended to start the process a little bit sooner uh, you can't start it too many years in advance however you can start it within let's say the year prior to its 40th birthday and you can start the process by vetting engineers because the process of selecting an engineer in and of itself can be a lengthy one yeah, and obviously, so you've got to start with the engineer and then find out where you stand. Now, with your experience with these 40-year recertifications, does, do the engineers ever go out and look at the building and say everything's good? Or what do you typically see coming out of that initial survey? Well, I wouldn't say typically the building is, is deemed okay or not. Nothing is seems to be typical these days, so anything can happen. But... More often than not, they'll find a few things that might need some repair. Hopefully, for the owner's sake, there's, there's not too much that needs a tremendous amount of repair. But there are some instances where the damage is, is quite severe, and then that usually triggers a much bigger project, a remediation project. If a condominium association you know, gets to the 40th year and they have their report done, it turns out they have to, you know, do concrete repair on, on their balconies, which is not inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Or they have, you know, big systems problems with the elevators or something like that, that let's say you have a seven-figure repair bill, that can be pretty much something that they're not prepared for. So what, what can they do to make sure when they get to 40 years, they don't get smacked? Well, that's where we come in. <laughs> so what we do is we will look at the scope of work that was created from the inspecting engineer and based on the repairs that are needed that will determine which professionals need to be hired in order to remedy the situation and we'll go through the entire process on the owner's behalf and we'll vet all the professionals we'll vet all the contractors we'll put together a an entire team to remediate the work and then we'll manage the process and make sure that the owner is getting the best value for the work that's needed let's say that I'm living in a, in a building that's you know 38 years old and really starting to understand that this is coming up regardless of whether the building you think the building's in great condition or not how does one go about getting this done okay well the owner or the owner's representative needs to hire a registered architect or engineer to perform the electrical and structural inspections uh, for that building and then submit a completed report of the inspection to the local building department for their review and approval. So what if the report contains items were past some of the inspection items that says that there's deficiencies? What goes on at that point? Okay, at, at that point, then the architect or engineer 
writes up a recommended scope of repairs based on his or her report, the building owner will need to hire the appropriate contractors to perform said work. Uh, once the work is complete, the architect or engineer will inspect the, the work performed and approve the recertification, assuming the work was performed as required. So what are some of the items that show up? I know every, every, every building is different, but what are some of the typical items that show up on these recertification inspections that need to be remediated? Well, there's a lot of issues with the building envelope more often than not. And it might be a low-level repair where there's some stucco delaminating, or it might be a lot more extensive where you have some spalling concrete. Uh, obviously, here in Miami, a lot of these buildings have balconies, and over time, the, the steel reinforcement corrodes, uh, the balconies, the, the spalling process starts, and concrete starts to break off. It becomes a very unsafe condition, and uh, those balconies will need remediation. The extent of the remediation, of course, depends on the extent of the deterioration, but in any event, those are pretty typical. You'll have uh, issues with the windows and the openings around the windows. Sometimes you'll have issues with the foundation or structural elements of the building, columns, beams, and so on. In the instance where the building has elevated decks for parking, pool decks or plaza decks, those decks need to be remediated as well when there's deterioration taking place. And depending on the system, will determine the type of repair. And basically getting down to the steel and, and removing the corrosion from the steel in order to remediate those areas of the, of the deck per se. But also then in the event where it's obviously post-tension cable, then it's, it's a different type of repair. But, but nonetheless, those are the type of repairs that we typically stumble across throughout the 40-year recertification process. And in addition to that, in, in addition to the remediation, of course, comes waterproofing systems that will need to be implemented after the repairs are done. So like this building, the one that we talked about in Coconut Grove, basically that involved concrete remediation, which was, you know, pretty invasive. I mean, people weren't obviously allowed out on their balconies and all the bad materials had to be removed and the steel had to be replaced and then the balconies had to be tied into the steel <clears throat> still good. And then the, the balconies had to be rebuilt. And in conjunction with that, there was repairing the railings. There was a whole inspection of the stucco. And you mentioned stucco delamination. I'm really glad you did because that's something I think that we see a lot of. Not just Florida, but everywhere. And that involves, you know, a pretty comprehensive inspection. And you've got to basically determine, oftentimes by sounding it with a hammer or some other type of device, you got to determine which stucco needs to come off and be repaired. Now, when that's being done, how do you make sure that what needs to be repaired gets repaired and what doesn't need to be repaired doesn't get repaired? Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah, and that's where you guys come in. So we'll reach out to a company like your, like yours and we get you know, an engineering firm like yourself to come and do that preliminary inspection and basically write a scope of work for us. And, you know, by, by method of sounding is pretty typical. Visual inspections as well. 
and sometimes there's some invasive inspections that take place. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, more often than not, we're very confident at the end of this process that the scope of work is as accurate as it's going to be. As far as making sure that the repairs get completed as per the, the specifications written from a firm like yourself, well, again, that's where you come in again, and, and your inspectors who inspect the, the work product and the process of, of the repairs is a, a very important part of the overall process. Having that third-party inspector represent the owner is a, a very helpful tool to make sure that the work is being performed properly. So once we fix the, the we do the concrete remediation, we fix the stucco, typically what happens I think on many of these 40-year recertifications is they then get resealed, they get repainted, recalked, basically make everything look brand new again. Right, that's right. So what can buildings do? So say people are out there that have buildings that are 20 years old, you know, 10 years old, 30 years old. What can they do along the way to not have this huge repair scope when they get to the 40-year required recertification? Well, maintenance is the key. And what a lot of building managers don't realize, and what a lot of associations don't realize, is that they need to maintain all parts of their building throughout the entire course of the year. The elements here in South Florida in particular are they're very harsh elements. The sun, the humidity, the salt in the air, so on and so forth. And if the building is not being properly maintained, painted every so many years, maintaining the waterproofing membranes, maintaining the roof membranes, maintaining any elements of the envelope, most importantly. These are the things that they sometimes just put on the back burner, and then too many years pass, and it comes back to bite them. What they could do also to prepare for these big ticket projects is they can, they can have a reserve study performed, and this will help them start to save money for things that have an expected lifespan, whether it's a mechanical system in the building or something dealing with the building envelope. But at least it enables them to prepare financially in advance. They can prolong the life of these systems within their building through the maintenance that I was mentioning a minute ago. So like with the exterior facade, you know, I think a lot of buildings are more into keeping up with their roof than other parts of the building because it's easy. You can, you know, a lot of times you just ride the elevator or walk up a flight of stairs and then and walk around and they can you know, keep up with it. And it's pretty normal to do regular roof inspections and if you do you know repairs and maintenance along the way it clearly extends the life span of the roof you might get 25 years doing it that way where you got 15 if you didn't do it but what we don't see and i'd like to hear if you are seeing the same way we are is that people don't really inspect their facades so if you have a stucco crack on the 13th floor Nobody ever sees it until stucco starts falling off. Right, and that's been our experience as well. Uh, we'll come into a building to take a look at items A through E, 
and none of those items are dealing with stucco delamination. It's things that they've managed to overlook. More often than not, we'll see it and we'll let them know that, hey, listen, you have an additional issue here. Let's, let's do a proper inspection so we know what we're up against. Because if you leave it too long, it just it worsens exponentially. Got to maintain the building envelope, you know, and you have to have regularly scheduled painting performed every call it ten years. More often than not, they don't, and it just leads to bigger issues down the road. Typically, happens is they don't want to spend the money, they don't have the money, so they put it on the back burner. But it winds up being so much more expensive down the road. You can't keep kicking the can down the road. You, you got to address the issues as they come up and actually be proactive and have a maintenance schedule for every single part of your building if you want to stay ahead of the curve. So instead of throwing in X dollars per unit every year and keeping up with things, you end up with this sometimes multi-million dollar repair bill which involves assessments and cause extreme hardship to residents that may not have the financial means to cover a $100,000 bill out of nowhere because they didn't spend a little bit every year along the way to prevent that. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So James, really interesting. I, th I think um, great information for our listeners. It's, it's insightful and I, I think it's thought provoking and I really appreciate you coming on today. So we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's definitely a, a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. So I want to remind everybody again about the Everything Building Envelope newsletter. You can text the word Building Envelope, all one word, Building Envelope, to 22828. Again, that's Building Envelope, to 22828 for our newsletter, which contains technical articles and other things of interest to those who are in the Building Envelope community or interested in it. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more information on the Everything Building Envelope, previous episodes, show notes, bonus video content, and much more, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com.